Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Early in October of 1492, 33 days after they set sail from the Canary Islands, Christopher Columbus and his crew saw flocks of birds and branches and sticks floating in the water, signs of land. A sailor called Rodrigo spotted the early morning moon shining on white sands and cried out. It was an island in the Bahamas in the Caribbean Sea. The first man to sight land was to receive a yearly pension of 10,000 maravides for life. But Rodrigo never got them. Christopher Columbus claimed he had seen a light the evening before. Columbus got the reward. In case you need backup for the fact that we're honoring Indigenous Peoples Day and not Columbus Day, I'm reading now from the opening soul-searing passage of the late, great Boston University historian Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States. Arawak men and women emerged from their villages onto the island's beaches and swam out to get a closer look at the strange big boat. When Columbus and his sailors came ashore carrying swords, the Arawaks ran to greet them, brought them food, water, gifts. Columbus later wrote of this in his log. They brought us parrots and balls of cotton and many other things. They were well built with good bodies and handsome features. They do not bear arms and do not know them. They would make fine servants. With 50 men, we could subjugate them. We could subjugate them all and make them do whatever we want. The Arawaks of the Bahama Islands were much like the Indians on the mainland who were remarkable. European observers said this again and again. They were remarkable for their hospitality and their belief in sharing. On the other hand, these traits did not stand out in the Europe of the Renaissance, dominated as it was by the frenzy for money that marks Western civilization and its first messenger to the Americas, Christopher Columbus. He continues, as soon as I arrived in the Indies, on the first island that I found, I took some of the natives by force in order that they might give me some information on whatever there is in these parts. He wanted to know where the gold was. Arawak prisoners in tow, Christopher Columbus sailed to the island of today's Haiti and the Dominican Republic. The Indians, wrote Columbus, are so naive and so free with their possessions that no one who has not witnessed them would believe it. When you ask for something they have, they never say no. To the contrary, they offer to share with anyone. Within two years, through murder or suicide, half of the 250,000 Indians on Haiti were dead. 
by 1650, the genocide was complete. They were all gone. This, my friends, is an especially ugly inheritance to live in a country founded on slavery and genocide. We are learning that it will continue to poison the well from which we drink until we face it squarely and try, however inadequately, to make amends. It's a short, easy leap to understand the ways everyone who isn't fueling the European-American culture's machine of hatred and homogeneity is threatened. Women and children, all people of color, gender, and affectional diversities, abilities, all of us are threatened. And we are called to live in the spirit of the Arawak. We are endangered, but our love is dangerous. We must resist and persist. In just these past two weeks, a new hero has risen from our midst in the person of Dr. Christine Blasey Ford. May her name be honored among us. When we understand why we choose to remember and honor indigenous peoples today, rather than focusing on what was done to them, let's join in reflecting on their many gifts freely given, especially their extraordinary gift of unmerited generosity. Robin Good writes beautifully of four attributes of generosity she learned from her Navajo mother. First, giving is never a sacrifice. The motivation to give is in the joy of caring for one another and in the trust that when we are in need, our community will care for us in return. Comparing this to European-American culture in this country that views giving as a sacrifice that results in feelings of loss, we can see why we suffer from feelings of isolation, mistrust, and loneliness. Giving, says Robin Good of her native community, demonstrates our commitment to our community and brings us closer together. Second, the Navajo people are careful not to take more than they need so as not to deplete the Earth's resources and to be sure that everyone has enough. Robin reclaims the term Indian giver, a term that has been excised from our language as a racial epithet, saying that whereas European-American culture gifts only go one way, in Indian culture, gifts are often passed back and forth as they are needed. Third, she writes, we do not ask for something we would not give. To ask is to make ourselves vulnerable. It is an opportunity to deepen our connection to one another. The Navajo people feel honored to be asked for something because it signals the desire to become closer and more committed. That cycle is meant to be a continuous flow of give and take, take and give. Unequal or unbalanced giving or taking breaks the circle. And fourth, it is important to remember that the value of something 
varies from person to person, culture to culture. Robin Good explains that in Navajo culture, wealth is not measured in material goods. Gifts of the spirit, wisdom, or a good joke are as valuable as food, a blanket, or work. I have had many experiences of the generosity of friends who were raised in native tribes in New Mexico, where we used to live in the summer. When our daughter, Jamie, a South American Indian, was an infant, a Navajo man stopped me in the plaza in Santa Fe and honored us with an invitation to the annual gathering of the tribes. And so late one morning, I drove onto the Nambe Reservation and headed for the sound of the drums, Jamie sleeping peacefully up front in a snuggly. We took a seat at the outer edge of the big circle around the campfire. Zuni men were leading the singing. When they stopped, a young man in his late teens, I would guess, approached us and introduced himself as a Nambe Indian from the hosting tribe. Have you visited before, he asked. I had, but Jamie hadn't. Have you been to the waterfall? She should go to the waterfall. I told him, I love the waterfall. We should go to the top, he said. I'll bet you haven't gone to the top. We hadn't been to the top because it wasn't open to the public, and as a white person visiting the reservation, I always feel like a whole extra degree of public. He was unfazed. We walked in the stream up to the bottom of the beautiful falls where the spray reached us in a fine mist. This is a blessing for your child, he said. And he took the path that left the stream and climbed steeply up to the right, past the sign that said, no trespassing, please respect our sacred falls. The view from the top was absolutely beautiful, looking out over Nambe Lake, the whole verdant valley of the reservation, and the hills of Chimayo beyond. We just stood there in silence the falls roaring behind us and beneath us. How to say thank you for a blessing like this? The blessing for Jamie as she navigated back and forth between the world from which she had come and the world into which she had been adopted. And the blessing on me to be invited to the gathering, to be honored as a guest, and to be extended this rare gift of friendship. There was no animosity directed at me. There was only openness, curiosity, generosity, and grace. In those moments, I understood in a whole new way that now it was my turn. Now it's our turn. Beloved spiritual companions, today let us take the full measure of what it means to honor indigenous peoples. May we live in the spirit of the Arawak. Let us resist and persist. May we give freely, caring, cared for, trusting in grace. 
Let us make this spiritual journey together, exchanging our gifts in an unbroken cycle of generosity, each giving, each receiving, blessing, and blessed. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.